Hey, it's John Perling, Pastor John Perling at Faith Evangelical Lutheran Church, together with Ron Hinchman again to do another episode of our walk through the book of Romans, the gospel of Jesus according to Paul in the book of Romans. He's introducing his ideas to share with the Christians in Rome so that they can help support the continuing efforts of missionary work around the world, particularly to Western Europe and into the north and all the way to Spain and, and uh, Great Britain. So his hope is, is big and broad and wide. He wants to share with them the basics of the Christian gospel so that they know what he's on about. And one of the primary issues is how does a sinful person born in sin become uh, acceptable to God? And the main work that Paul describes it is a word from the Lord, a declaration, a judgment, a verdict that is announced over the sinner on account of Jesus because of the innocence and the sacrifice of the Son of God, that sinner is declared righteous by God and then trusts that promise. And that's what faith is all about, that trusting of the promise that I am innocent because of Jesus. Now, what we see there is that it's a word from the Lord that does what it claims to do. It actually performs an action. It's a, a word that says the guilty is innocent. And so suddenly the guilty can go free. There's all kinds of words like that that do what they say they're going to do, like a, a verdict from a judge or like vows that uh, a couple makes when they come before the uh, altar of God to get married. They're single when they walk into the building and then they take their vows and sign the papers and they are now married after that. But there's a another one that is very, very similar. When a person moves from being a civilian to being a member of the armed forces, they take on a, a whole new set of uh, identities, who they are. Uh, they have a whole new set of promises of their security, how they're going to be taken care of, and then a whole new set of purposes and meanings, what they're going to be doing, what their life is going to be like from here on out, all kinds of changes. Uh, so when we talk about how God speaks to us and calls us new people, uh, that's a, a brand new birth, uh, a new uh, a new life. And uh, Rob, when you took the oath of office, you, you, you had a big shift there, didn't you? Yeah, it was a great shift. Uh, I was this wild and out of control child from California that lived the California life. And going from being a civilian to the military, you don't, at the time, you don't realize the gifts that you're getting ready to receive. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like us as Christians. We don't realize sometimes how many gifts we're receiving. And so when I you do that oath to the army saying, I'm going to uphold the Constitution. I'm going to obey those officers above, pointed above me. I'm going to be there for the security of our nation. That oath is huge, but you get a lot of gifts with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you get the three hots in a cot. You're mm -hmm. guaranteed food. Mm -hmm. I said, we have a hunger problem in the United States. You don't in the military. That's right. Because that's, right. that's one of those gifts they give you. You get paid to do it, just like everything. You're guaranteed to pay. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody always has these problems where, you know, when the government loses money, the one group that never loses money is the military. Yeah. We still yeah. get paid. Right. Uh, and if we're not going to get paid, we're still going to get our three hots and a cot. So they take care of us. That oath is that you're giving them that you're going to do these things. It's also an oath from them saying that they're going to take care of these things. Your clothing. Mm-hmm. You're getting new clothing. Mm-hmm. It's great to get dressed in the dark. Mm-hmm. You don't have to look for anything. You know where everything is. But as a civilian, you didn't have that. You, you know, there's always that question. Where am I going to make my next move? How am I going to do it? This is a, a, a drastic change in life. One of those big dramatic changes in life that affects you forever. And it affected me forever because I realized a lot of the gifts I received there and it continues throughout your military career. You're, mm-hmm. you're always going to make different oaths as you get promoted from specialist to NCO. You're gonna make an oath now, you're going to tell them, I'm gonna take care of these soldiers. Okay. So, and it's mm-hmm. like God's to us says, I'm going to take care of these sinners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's a lot to play with that. And people don't realize that, that the similarities between, you know, going from a non-believer to a believer. Mm-hmm. It's very similar in nature in line with going from being a civilian to military. You're going to learn things and get blessings you never thought you would ever receive or deserve. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really thought, think it's important how you have those similarities right there. So when we get, when we get to that shift, one of the things that happens is we take on a new identity. We're, we're, uh, we're a new kind of person. We're, uh, uh, when we move from being a non-Christian to being a Christian, our, our identity shift entails that on the one hand, first of all, we were living just for ourselves. Uh, we, we were kind of run by selfishness. Uh, we, uh, even, even the good things that we might do to other people was always kind of in the background to have a sense of return that they're, that I'm going to get something back from this, or I'm going to improve my lot or people just going to think I'm a good guy. Uh, when, when we uh, move from being a, a non-Christian to being a Christian, our identity shift is that now I'm in alignment with, uh, with the Lord Jesus and his call to uh, uh, crucify self and to uh, live for others is uh, a, a, a different motivation, a different, a, different, a different way of being because now we're living uh, in line with him and because of, of his work for us. So what's the shift from being uh, uh, and, and, uh, uh, someone who is outside of the military to being inside? When they make that shift, do they get a sense of that they're a, that they're a new person, that they've kind of been born into a new way of being, a new way of being a human being even? I think you are. Mm-hmm. born into a new being you really are and it's kind of like baptism you know mm-hmm. they're taking that old self away that old sinful self away well, when you become a go from civilian to military um, you learn things you never learned before one is expectations mm-hmm. you know we know we're saved but we're still expected to do good things mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We know as a civilian, you're not responsible for a lot of stuff. As mm-hmm. a civilian, I wasn't responsible for a lot. Of, even my job now, I'm I'm responsible basically for me and teaching. Mm-hmm. So there's not those high expectations. But in the military, you're expected and to be lead from the front. Mm-hmm. You're expected to be that individual that says, this is how we should be as a society. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to set the example. Mm-hmm. And... And there are people that don't, you know, and but a lot of times they realize it later on in career. Your career soldiers are the ones that are really were born into a new life. Mm-hmm. They knew, I think a lot of them know from get-go, and it may be subconsciously, that I'm going to spend my life in the military mm-hmm. because I like the new me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think when people go from being civilian to Christian, they like the new me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's it, 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 it's very similar in nature, and you're always going to be expected to do other things. And as a civilian, you weren't expected to do that, you know. <laughs> I I think in the, in the movies when it's depicted when somebody's uh, just first uh, first enrolling or first uh, first coming in the military, they go through the line where where they get their uniform and they get their head shaved. And it's, it's it's real dramatic and depicted, and sometimes depicted kind of comically, and, and maybe it, at, even at the time it kind of feels that way too. But there's this sense of off with the old and now on with the new. It's a transformation. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, yeah, you're, you're transforming into a totally, totally different person. Mm-hmm. It's you really don't recognize yourself mm-hmm. for <laughs> the first couple of years. People are like, oh yeah, I'll still be me. No, you're not. You're not. You've been that that receiving that gift of that uniform. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, when you get that uniform the first time, I don't care who you are. Most people are like really, really proud. Right. They're like, "Wow, this is awesome! Yeah. I got this uniform. I'm going to be representing my country." And you know, when you get that first Bible for confirmation, mm-hmm. it's like, "Wow!" Right. You know, I can relate when one of the children here got one. His face lit up the first time he received that Bible. Well, that's kind of how I felt when I received my first uniform, mm-hmm. my first headgear. You know, mm-hmm. wasn't too happy with the head shaving uh, because <laughs> I they did jokes with me because I had really curly hair and it was really out, and so they shaved all my head except for two spots, so it looked like I had antennas. It was actually quite comical and tra- traumatizing at the same time, but it it, it was. You know, it actually was kind of a relief, mm-hmm. a relief from those civilian burdens that you feel, even as a teen, it's like, what am I going to do with life? They gave you a purpose. How now, am I going to fit in and be myself at, at the same, same time? time? All yeah. of these kinds of complications that, that suddenly go away. And they do. They mm-hmm. do. Now you're getting some new complications, but most of them are, you know, physically and mentally challenging uh, as in, you know, now I got to learn how to do push-ups, sit-ups, and run, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of civilians that come in that have never done that or never shot a gun. Let me, let me go back to that receiving the uniform thing, because there's a lot of things you're going to learn in the military, a lot of things, are, the skills you're going to build and, and attitudes mm-hmm. you're going to take on. Now, when you get that uniform, what has happened up to that point? The only thing really that's happened is you've enlisted. Correct. Right? Yeah. So you haven't, which, what has... I'm not a soldier yet. You're not a soldier yet in terms of all those things, but you're being treated like one from the get-go. Correct. 
See, so the, the word that was spoken made the difference. And now we're going to unpack yeah. all the things that that word. But first thing we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to treat you as a soldier from the get-go. We're going to give you this new uniform. Yeah. So that the uh, being dressed in Christ in your baptism happens right away. Before, be, before yeah. anything else needs to be unpacked. The first thing, though, that you're going to do is before you even get engaged in real spiritual warfare is you're going to be armored and you're going to be clothed in Christ so that you can withstand what's going to come next. It starts the minute you leave the MEP station and have raised your right hand and swore an allegiance. Mm -hmm. You know, when we get baptized, as soon as those words are spoken, mm -hmm. it's true. It's doing what it yeah, says. God said it, and so it's true. So it's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's where it, it ties together, such as in marriage, all these different oaths mm -hmm. that we take throughout our lives. But the the most giving oath is baptism. That just stays with you it's the just, whole it's, time. It's there. Yeah. 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 You, you can't shake it off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in our mind we shake it off, mm -hmm. you know, because we don't do the right things. And even in the military... Sometimes you forget about those oaths mm -hmm. and you don't do quite the right thing. But if you're resilient, which most of us are, then mm -hmm. then you can adapt and overcome. Okay, <laughs> fool me once, you know, mm -hmm. shame on mm -hmm. me, fool me twice. Mm -hmm. Well, same with when you do stupid things. It's like mm -hmm. you do it once. Okay, I got it. Mm -hmm. You're a knucklehead. Mm -hmm. You do it a second time, you're a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and. God's pattern was blessings. Mm -hmm. Blessings up front. Yeah. And they're... Right. You know what's great about it? Just like that uniform was free, those blessings were free. Mm -hmm. That uniform was free. It was a gift. Mm -hmm. and, it, and if you're former military, you may not think of it as a gift, but I did. Mm -hmm. It's a gift that you are one of us now. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And in mm -hmm. baptism, you are one of us now. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. <laughs> and there's... Are there American flags on the uniform? Yes. Uh, the, the, we wear them on the right uh, sleeve. For a long time, they weren't. Mm -hmm. They weren't. And I always wondered about that because we did take an allegiance to the United States. As to the Constitution, yeah, protecting from enemies. Yeah. And then when um, mm -hmm. wars started kicking off, you know, they, they put the flag on the right-hand side. And, mm -hmm. and it was a symbol, a symbol of mm -hmm. our allegiance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are American fighting soldiers. Mm-hmm. Because that so that uniform with the flag comes right at the beginning, baptism being robed in Christ comes right at the beginning. It also carries you through all the way to the end because when we when a soldier is laid to rest, right, the flag is there to be draped and also then passed on to the next of kin. Right. We use the uh, the the white robe of Christ's righteousness to drape the coffin with or the casket with uh, at the end as well. So it's it's a gift that keeps on giving all the way through, and is part of the symbol of who that person has been and was for uh, for the, all that time mm -hmm. in between. And, and, and that uniform reminds you of what you wore as a civilian. Mm -hmm. That baptism reminds us of what we were as non-believers. Mm -hmm. So I think they, they tie nicely together. You've, you've crossed the threshold and there. One, yeah. yeah, once once you are, mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. until the end. Until mm -hmm. the end. And whether you're a serviceman that done one year 
or 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, that, that beginning is that day that you raise that right hand, mm-hmm. you were given gifts. You mentioned about getting getting fed, getting getting yeah. uh, you know three three hots and a cot. Three hots and a cot. What what happens logistically to a soldier if they don't get a chance to eat or sleep? Well, they're no good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are. They they. I don't know who said it, but I heard the phrase that an army marches on its stomach. It, it I pro, it's probably true. Um, <laughs> I don't remember who said I, it. I, I always I always tell people that if you're you keep your soldiers fed. You keep them informed, and you keep them clothed. Mm-hmm. Usually, you'll have good soldiers. Mm-hmm. You lose one of those, and things go awry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you stop feeding your soldiers, well, motivation goes down and stuff like that. When you stop getting spiritually fed, mm-hmm. your motivation goes down. Mm-hmm. Wow, guys, they're kind of similar. So, yeah, that three hots and the cots is pretty important, especially because, you know, a lot of people come into the military to escape the oppression of having no money. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I have no money. We, we've been, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. Poverty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, and, and some of them are so impoverished that they come in the military not only for themselves, but to support their family. So they don't have yeah. security. Yeah, no. They don't have none. food security, they don't have but mental now, security. Now they, they get those gifts that are all security. given to them. Yeah. They've got security, they've got a job. Uh, the government does pay us enough to where you can help your family. They give you mm-hmm. extra money for families. Mm-hmm. So they, they give it's you kind of a life platform yeah. that that gives you a place to put your feet. Yeah, where you can really stand. Got, I got a plan now. Mm-hmm. It, they do. They get, they give you a plan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, God gave us plan. Mm-hmm. And part of that plan, guess what? It includes a new minor plan of hey, you you're going in the military. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still part of God's plan. See, and this, this plays into some of the other aspects of some of the other means of grace, the other words of God that feed and, and continue to hold us up. So things like uh, sharing in Bible study together, things like, uh, well, why people say, well, why go to church? Well, one of the reasons to go to church is to be part of that fellowship of believers yeah. where we can both give but also receive other people's good generous gifts too of love and care and support and, in the and military, hugs and everything else we need as people yep and in the military we call that camaraderie mm-hmm. uh, we call it fellowshipping in the church but it, it's the, the same thing the mutual conversation yeah. of the brethren yeah is uh, that fellowship yep and then the feeding right yeah so not only mental or 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 in my ears feeding through the word but also the the very body and blood of christ uh that uh you know you are what you eat yeah um, yeah there so, so this is the <laughs> this is the idea that christ going into me is continuing to do his work yep. in and through me he promises and i believe and that and that yeah. promise and trust go back and forth to create that relationship and like over said, and these, over again and, those kind of and promises are there mm-hmm. for you throughout just like in the military, those oaths are there throughout as you get higher in rank, you know, uh, specialist mafia, which is what we call the specialists in charge, but they're not in charge, will always be there. But that specialist mafia leader is usually the guy you want to be your NCO because they have great influence. So then you start pushing him to take that next step, that next oath. Of, mm-hmm. uh, no one is more professional than I. I am a non-commissioned officer, right? Mm-hmm. You want them to go through that. Uh, because that's that leadership. That's like leadership in a in a church where you know 
you you start looking up to these people and you're like, well, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. So, you know, when you want to be like that, that's where you get those civilians mm-hmm. that want to come in now. They've met you, those recruiters out there. They met this guy and they're like, wow, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And that's how we recruit. And So not only is it a sense of who you are and identity and, and those gifts of security, but but purpose yeah. and meaning. Exactly. Like, and, and anybody who's going to start kind of leveling off and plateauing well, you start to you start to lose that sense of drive or sense of, of moving forward. So you've you've reached a, a place where well, guess what? Now it's time to be lifted up into the next level of yeah. not only responsibility, but really it's responsibility for the folks that you're taking care of. Right, and, and it's setting that example of saying, "Welcome, mm-hmm. welcome to these rank the the rank of NCO. Welcome to the senior NCO ranks. Welcome mm-hmm. to." Mm-hmm. The senior officer rank, ranks because once you plateau, you got to do something mm-hmm. to get over that next hump. But at the same time, you're all, still going to be taken care of while you're on that plateau. And there's another group of folks that are ready to bring you in yeah. and, and and some to push you, you out and, <laughs> and keep it going. Some keep to push going. you out because they want your spot, yeah. not not out of sense of greed, but sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. I want to be that team leader. Mm-hmm. So Ron needs to move up to a squad leader so I can be that team leader. And each of those shifts is is brought on by uh, a new word that you get to say this is now your new orders, right? Yeah, this exactly. is your new rank. This is your new orders. This is your new responsibilities, yeah. and uh, and that and that makes it so. Yeah, and it's it does fall in line with the congregations and the fact that you know first you're a congregant, mm-hmm. and then maybe you're a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. Or maybe mm-hmm. you're you become a confirmation teacher. Maybe you become a member of a board or a director or an elder. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe in your life choices, it's led you up to be pastoral ship. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so everything's kind of online yeah. with each other. Yeah, there's a there's moves of responsibility yeah. and care for others yeah. and. Uh, uh, care for the opportunities for other people to celebrate their gifts yeah. and what they're able to do and to show them uh, uh, show them the ropes and, and give them opportunities. Make it God-pleasing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a an exercise in sharing how the Word of the Lord makes transformations happen. How the Word of the Lord takes us from being a non-Christian, a non-believer, someone who is outside of the body of Christ, to being inside. And how the same kinds of experiences happen in other venues of life, but how God's eternal plans are unpacked and unveiled as he speaks and we become his people. He is our God and we're his people. Thanks for being with us for another uh, walk through another aspect of of Romans. Uh, In this case, the righteousness of God described by his declaration of righteousness in Jesus. So we're going to be back with another episode real soon. Thanks for sharing the time with us. This is Pastor John Perling and Ron Hinchman at Faith Evangelical Lutheran Church. We'll see you next time. I'm